Welcome to Still Not Asking For It, a podcast brought to you by Hope Harbor, a sexual trauma recovery center. I'm your host, Elena, and in this episode, Mel and I have a conversation with Kelly McClure from Ampersand Sexual Violence Resource Center in Lexington, Kentucky. Ampersand is one of our sibling organizations. Um, in Kentucky, part of our uh, state coalition. So Ampersand does a lot of the same work, if not exactly the same work that Hope Harbor does, um, but in Lexington and the surrounding counties. And we're really excited for this conversation with Kelly because she actually reached out to us um, after listening to some episodes um, and kind of collaborating with her uh, interest of pop culture and specifically The Bachelor. Kelly sent us a message and was like, hey, can uh, would you all be interested in doing this topic of consent in The Bachelor um, or Bachelor Nation? I, as you will hear in this episode, am not super well versed on uh, Bachelor Nation, um, but this is something that Mel um, has a lot of knowledge around and has been really into. And so this was just a perfect uh, pairing. So we're really excited. Um for this partnership with Kelly and with Ampersand. And I hope you really enjoy this episode. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really excited to nerd out about this conversation. It's the Bachelor crappy reality TV merged with fighting rape culture. It's like meant to be. My name is Kelly McClure. Um, I'm from a sister org, Ampersand. And I'm really excited. I, we love uh, anytime we can collab with Hope Harbor folks. I am also excited that like anytime people reach out to us to be on the podcast, um, it just makes me feel real famous and fancy, <laughs> um, you know, since, yeah, cause which, I mean, I feel like we already like, um, hype each other up on social media, um, you know, since we do social media for the, the programs. And so then when you yeah, messaged me, I was like, oh my God, yes. I was like, I, I have no idea. Like I think I did it like 11 o'clock at night to like during The Bachelor. <laughs> I don't know um, who else to message about this. <laughs> yeah. And and I'll be honest. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Mel. And so I guess this is this is me uh, coming out as a non-bachelor slash bachelorette uh, viewer. I have I don't think I've ever watched a full episode. I have no idea who you all are talking about. <laughs> So for layman's terms, you can say yes. bachelor nation. Oh, okay. That's the easiest way. So you're not gendering oh, and it includes yeah, but it is all gender. the umbrella. It's still bachelor, but it is, but I guess it's like part of it, right? Cause in the back, I do know like the bachelorette comes from the previous bachelor season. And then it kind of stays in a cyclical environment. And I know that like none of the relationships ever last That's except okay. for Ryan and well, no, the Bachelor has a really horrible track record. So they obviously cannot pick their spouse, but women are obviously better at picking a spouse because the Bachelorette track record is really good. Majority of the Bachelorettes are still with the person they pick. Really? And the there's majority? a lot of marriage and children. Yeah, because The Bachelor, okay. Sean Lowe uh, and Ari. I thought like Big Maybe Brother. The only I two. thought Big Brother had a better track record. Well, and Ari's not with his technical choice for wife he's with his second second choice for wife. yeah that is true technically yeah that is true i love this already um <laughs> yes the bachelorettes actually have a much better track record and then there's people that date in bachelor that didn't meet on their shows uh caitlin bristow she'll be a big one we talk about um i'm a i, I love caitlin I she's love so herself too. she's so honest 
And she's actually dating someone who was on a bachelorette show and they met because she does a podcast and interviewed him and now they're together. And he's cool. His name's Jason Tardick. I like him a lot. I need a, I need a bachelor nation, like family tree. Yeah. And, but Caitlin and Jason both do a lot of LGBTQ uh, advocacy because he has a gay brother. Mm. And so they're really open about things like that. And Caitlin is currently the host of this season because, um, and this is something that is going to be hard to not talk about, but I'm going to try to stick to how we see rape culture on here but but i think but that's our intersectional approach though yes you know it's talking about race we can't Um, not talk about race but knowing that the bachelor is a toxic environment for race issues um and that's why we have the hosts that we do because chris harrison has been i don't uh, asked to leave I'm, i'm not really sure all the details with that and i know there was drama with that but um because of his comments about Rachel Lindsay's situation and all of that. Well, yeah, he was, he defended Rachel Kirkconnell in an interview with Rachel Lindsay. I think that it's really interesting to talk about, like, I think when we talk about race in The Bachelor, Rachel Lindsay is the first Black Bachelorette or was the first Black Bachelorette. Something really interesting about her that I've learned is when she, she was a contestant on Nick's season, she found out Trump won the 2016 election right before her fantasy suite. And so she was like at the, cause you know, they, they sequester them. Can you imagine first of all, being sequestered during an election one and that election and she's a lawyer too. So, you know, she's up in politics and you know, she probably like the rest of us did not think it would happen. He would win. And she's like at an airport, she sees it. And then she, so on her oh, me goosebumps. when she, she, you, she just did a really good article, um, about her experience on the bachelor. She's kind of burning bridges now, which is awesome to see, mm-hmm. but they, they cast literal racists on her season <laughs> when she was the bachelorette and they cast black men who didn't date black women. Mm-hmm. So that's been a big thing too. Like they openly say that they dated white women and would make comments saying, you're not my type. I've never dated a black woman. And she would just like, how'd you get here? Why would you put her in that situation? Because casting is is just insidious. Well, because it's for drama and ratings, right? Just like reality television on Big Brother or something like that. They would put, you know, a person who does like racial advocacy and then a racist person and -hmm. put them together. (laughs) call it out um and so it's the same type of thing so yes Rachel Lindsay she was the first black bachelorette um and and she went through it and then people even shamed her because her final her guy who she's now married to is um white passing but he is biracial I think he's like Cuban or Dominican. I'm not 100% sure, Um, but he is white passing. And so they even like people even gave her stuff for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But honestly, she didn't have that many great options. Um, Well, and her, the producers really like in editing messed her up because they didn't, her and Brian, Brian got her first impression rose. That's Mm -hmm. uh, Rachel's husband. And she knew it was him the whole time. He's the one who she took on. They, um, one of my favorite bachelor podcasts calls it the pretty woman date when they take, because one of the dates is always where one of the contestants gets taken shopping. 
and it's bougie shopping. Yeah, gets like lavished with clothing and jewelry and then goes back to the house with all this stuff to like cause drama and show the other contestants. She took him on his pretty, on her pretty woman date, which is like, you know, he got a watch, remember? So they they edited that. They didn't show us her love story. They wanted us for Peter Krause the silver fox of that season um does the bachelor well i guess it, it's not it's not ugh, i'm sorry to keep referencing big brother but there's no like behind the scenes where people can see additionals it you only get the cut that abc does yes and so there's two different like um groups of people and and groups of thought i feel like in bachelor nation of viewers there's people who say you can only get edited if you say it and then there's the group of people that say you can get horribly edited. My one of my favorite people that came out of Bachelor Nation is Olivia Caridi. Yes. She was on um, Ben season, um, and she was edited as a villain. Like they gave her the worst edit, and she is very open. She had a podcast, still does, um, and is very open about the mental health issues that she went through afterwards because of the the shame that she got, how she was openly bullied in the house, but then they made it look like she was so horrible that no one liked her when it was really just like her personality. She was more introverted. She had a hard time being like the quote unquote, like girly girl. And so it was hard, like coming to terms with girls in the house and things like that. Um, and, and they'll like, I know her and Caitlin Bristow, they're both out of contract so they can talk about the things we'll talk about when they watch the show. Now they'll watch mouths or watch if something is said and there's a different video like B-roll put up, they know that that was not being said about that scenario. That they time. took it and cut it. Or like Caitlin will talk about there's times when you can hear like words cut and it sounds weird. Yeah. They, because they cut it together. Uh, you say Frankenbite? Yeah, they they Frankenbite stuff to make people say things totally that they didn't say. Things. Yeah, and they talk about the like mental anguish they will go through because producers will put them in a room. And Caitlin has talked about like they'll be like, "You can't leave until you cry," and they'll like make them stay in interview rooms where they haven't eaten, haven't slept in days. You know, like they, they're starving. They just want to go to bed. And they're like, well, we need you to do this. We need you. And she's like, I faked, I faked crying over boys that I had no interest in because they needed it. And I was at the point where I was like, I will do whatever you want. Just let me leave. Well, they do that too. Um, when, when contestants leave, like they'll like drive them around the block until they cry, like, so they can get footage of a contestant getting kicked off and crying instead of being like, all right, going home. They also like brought up, I forget who this was, but they brought up the death of someone's best friend to try to get them to cry during the producers are, and I think, ruthless. well, and I think that talking about rape culture, like this is interesting thinking about consent and the bachelor because they signed this contract that they have no civil liberties. They, they sign a contract that allows production to lie about them, to make them look bad, to slander them. And so, like, is that consensual? If you're signing a contract to lose consent, like, I don't know. What are y'all, what are y'all's thoughts about, can you even, like, what an environment to date in? I mean. Right. And, like, and and I think that people um, are quick to be, like, well, they signed it. So they don't have any choice mm-hmm. anymore, right? Like, um, they, uh, yeah, like, which, I mean, they're getting paid, too, right? No, they don't the get lead, paid. The lead gets paid if you're. You get paid on Big Brother. If you're in it, you do not get paid. 
And that's something that they've been talking a lot of the, um, just a shout out real quick. I'm in the pit. Um, it's a, there's an interesting thing about bachelor nation is that there's like a lot of bachelor nation is very racist, very misogynistic, slut, shamey, obsessed with virginity, also obsessed with slut sex. And then there's like this weird growing community in bachelor nation of people who are aware of social issues, who kind of watch the show with their jaws open <laughs> the whole time. Like, um, and and so I'm in the pit. That's what that's so we, called. Yeah. Well, there's a podcast called Game of Roses. Oh, okay. Okay. That that looks at The Bachelor as though it's a sport, and so that has me. It has me thinking a lot about consent in sports and like how they treat athletes, and and I think that it's time. There needs to be like a reality TV union. Like reality TV contestants don't have any kind of representation or or union at all like there's no there's no safe word in the bachelor you know there's no out and they come out of the show with such a following that they don't know how to control they don't know how to appropriately use social media like where if you were an an actor you would have a manager and a pr team to tell you here's how you do this they don't know what to say when they're going on podcasts they don't know so there's certain things in bachelor contracts that they can't say and then they could get sued for hundreds of thousands of dollars which they some don't have. have they yeah some have just because they've gone on podcasts said something they didn't weren't supposed to say and made the bachelor look bad and then got in trouble uh they don't know they don't have like, I mean, their, their houses are getting swarmed. Their families are getting death threats and they don't know how to handle it because they didn't have it. So I know like, um, Lori K whatever productions is a lot like now does PR and like management for a lot of like bachelor people. Um, so I know now like bachelor nation, like helps each other out. So when new contestants come on, I know Ben Higgins has talked a lot about this. Like he'll call people or try to get in touch with them and try to be like a mentor to them. Like, so as they come out, they have better like access to mental health and like resources to help them through. Cause that's something that's been talked about too, is they technically have like a psychologist or a therapist on site, but they don't give them any help afterwards, which is pretty common in reality television. Um, I know like with Love Island, not US, but in the UK, there's been like people who have um, who have done like self-harm and stuff after after they've got off the season just because they don't know how to handle the critique and the the hate and the thing, the messaging that they're getting. Um, and I don't think it's talked about enough. I think a lot of Bachelor Nation people talk about it, but it's still. Well, and they're not really allowed to like if you're lied about in editing you're not allowed to defend yourself you're not allowed to say what actually happened if you're franken if they like franken bite you you're not allowed to say like i didn't say that they they have you heard what they did to blake Hortzman on paradise mm -hmm. they wouldn't let him pee they wouldn't let him go to the bathroom wait what is paradise okay so, <laughs> the bachelor in paradise so the bachelor has wait. had spinoffs love so island no, Love Island's a different thing. Love Island's a CBS show. Oh, sorry. Um, but it's similar. So contestants that were on The Bachelor or Bachelorette are eligible I to go this whole on. whole time Love Island was that. No, are able to go on other shows. So previously there was like Bachelor Pad and other things. Right now what's happening is Bachelor in Paradise. Um, 
And that's where the two girls got together that one time? Yes. Okay. Um, so if you were a contestant on a previous Bachelor show, you can get invited and people say no or whatever, but you can get invited to Bachelor in Paradise, which does have a decent track record because they actually get to see each other. Because like on The Bachelor, Bachelorette, there's one right. of one gender and a bunch of another. Um, and they rarely get to see each other where Bachelor in Paradise is more like a big brother style where you're just like at this ocean front property and they get to hang out kind of all day and make connections with multiple people. Um, and your season and you are, they are paid for paradise. Mm-hmm. Cause they you're kind of a celebrity. So that was going to be my then. question. Yeah. You're paid for that. Um, and so people sometimes go on paradise and if they were good on their season, will get dragged in an edit. So that was Blake Horseman. He was kind of the golden boy from Becca's season. He came in like second or third um, and was just like your like all American guy, you know, like Midwestern person that everybody's mom loves to fall in love with. Um, so he got roasted um, for being a normal person. Um, but then some people go on because if they were the villain edit during their season, they'll give them like a redemption arc in paradise. Yeah, it's a gamble. <laughs> it's a how you're going to be perceived, which, well, which which has to affect right, like getting jobs or like I mean, what other oh, choice sure. do you have but to be now this like bachelor celebrity person and try to get on a bunch of other shows? Well, you gotta like, get a podcast. You gotta sell skinny tea or whatever. A lot of them can't get their jobs back, and they don't expect that. Olivia Caridi was a broadcast, like did broadcast news, um, and no one would hire her after The Bachelor. Um, so she started a podcast, she started working for like Delta airlines or something. And is not like doing other stuff. Like a lot of them talk about, they kind of have to stay in this world because what they previously did, they can't do anymore. So, okay. So then when talking about like this, like obsession with virginity, do you, do you all think that is more representative of our culture and the environment, or is that the producers pushing that? That's why the bachelor is. That's why The Bachelor is the most important reality television being made right now, because The Bachelor is a microcosm politically, racially, with rape culture, with homo antagonism. Like it is just, it is, it's definitely just a reflection of American culture, which is why um, I think there are so many people who watch it like almost as anthropologists, not as like spectators or both. Sometimes it's a twisted, it's a, it's a balance. We all walk when we love trash TV, but yeah, it's just, it's just a reflection of, and I think especially Matt James season talking about race again was just a dumpster fire. They handled it horribly. They cast again, just like they did on Rachel Lindsay season, a racist. They cast the first black bachelor. Okay. And they cast also a a black Republican bachelor at Mm. that end too. Yes. And he had a white mother, has a white mother who they showed a lot and they don't always show mothers a lot, which I think a lot of people noticed. Um, But they cast a girl named Rachel McConnell from a sundown town on his season. And she won and they're still together. They broke up and now they're back Do together. Do you want to explain a sundown town for listeners who may not know? So a sundown town, I don't know if I'm going to explain it perfectly, but it's a sound a, a, like a word or a name for a town in the South where um, racial ideology is so hateful and violent that it is unsafe 
for people of color to be outside after dark. And it's usually pretty well known. I mean, like the towns aren't afraid to admit it either, I feel like. Um, well, I think even by that name, right? Sundown Town, you're like, oh, I wonder what, you know, like, yeah, uh, yeah like you, it, it would almost be like, hmm, it doesn't sound bad, right? <laughs> like, right. does it sound scary? Well, it's not like lynching town, which is essentially did, what it is. How did they cast her? And like, I think that I knew, I try really hard not to be spoiled. Um, I used to watch it spoiled and I, I really like watching it spoiled, but for Matt's season, I tried. And as soon as I saw Chris Harrison defending her on talk shows, you knew I was she like, won. She's, she's the ring winner. Why else? Cause they don't defend their contestants. That's, no. the, that's what we're talking about. Right. They throw everyone to the wolves. So they're defending Rachel McConnell for a reason. She's the ring winner. Mm-hmm. So, so when you say watching it spoiled means, you know, the, you like, went you know. to reality, Steve, and you figured out. So most of the time reality, Steve, since his network has gotten so big, um, he has people send him all these tips so he can tell you each week who goes home, who gets dates, how everything hands out. It's not always 100% accurate, but he has a very high success rate <laughs> of calling things. And are, so are we talking about a different Rachel than the racist Rachel? So there's Rachel Lindsay. She is the first black bachelor. Right. Then there's Rachel Kirk Connell. Connell. And she was on Matt James's season. That was Recently. the last season of The okay, Bachelor. Okay, okay. She is. She's the, the one from the sundown town? Yes. Okay. So a lot of things surfaced about her, which is so funny because TikTok can find it. So I don't know why bachelor producers can't find it because they can and they know and i bet they just don't care and that they, was something well, I, they do it for the drama and i heard on npr um when they were uh, like talking about this this was just like my extent was that the one colton underwood was interviewed in the one that came out about a while back or was this about the rachel Kirk no connell? it was about the rachel kirk connell and and you say and what reminded me of it was you saying that that the bachelor nation, like, or nation bachelor, whatever is like representative of our culture. Like, this is not like a unique, and that was what one of the, I think it was, I think it was the host from code switch. Um, you know, it's like, this is not the, is, this is not an anomaly. This is not like some random, wow, interesting. The bachelor just breeds all of these, you know, racist. It's like, no, our society is racist. These are real people from our culture that are just now on TV and we're all having to watch it, you know, um, or the people who watch it are having to watch it. I think going to your question, I think what sets the bachelor apart from other reality shows, I think the, I think big brothers kind of like this as well, but a lot of reality shows, they're kind of wilder, I guess. Um, like when you think of like dating reality shows. So you do get a set of people who are typically younger, um, and they're like ready to just put it all out there and do whatever, where I feel like the bachelor big brother, it does really seem like your everyday normal people that you meet in life, no matter where they're like from or whatever. I feel like they pluck people from all over America. Um, and I feel like when you look at like nighttime television of reality shows and you look at things like big brother, I'll put dancing with the stars in there too, with the bachelor. Cause I feel like they coexist in the same world. Um, do they, when, do they use the same people? Yeah. Um, it's like, you see people do well on dancing with the stars and you're like, who the heck is voting for this person? Um, and then you realize that like how many people in like the South, the Midwest are watching these shows where people that how Kelly had said, there's a small, there's a small pocket of us who watch. And I always say I watch for like social experimentation. Yeah. Um, 
but then there's, but that's a lot of people have written it off. A lot of people are like, I can't handle watching this racism, this sexism, whatever. And I completely get it. But then it makes it to where they give in to the audience's wants. Um, and so like when you look at who's popular as a bachelor or bachelorette, it'll be a lot of people that like my opinions wouldn't be the same. Like I'll say Caitlin Bristow, she was hated. She was hated for multiple reasons. A lot of that, I hate using the word slut shaming, but that was a lot of what it was. Um, and, and was hated for that when I thought she came in off the bat, came out of the limo, making a sex joke. It was hilarious. Um, oh, is she the one that uses the, has broader vibrator? No, that's Katie. No, that's Katie. That's Katie. Now. So, and that's the, we, we talk a lot about in the pit. <laughs> we talk a lot about bachelor archetypes. Um, and it's really interesting because Chuck Klosterman, when he was writing, he wrote um, an essay about real world, um, talking about real world archetypes and how eventually um, the next season just kind of replicates the season before it. Um, and this show is obsessed with virgins and obsessed with people who have, it's like obsessed with virginity and obsessed with sex at the exact same time. Yeah. But um, a lot of people say that Katie followed uh, Caitlin's free spirit, girl boss, empowered woman archetype. Kate, Caitlin got out of the limo. She was his, okay. what is it? Chris soul. She's on Chris. Yeah. And he's a Republican farmer. She did not want to marry him. And she gets out and she says, you can plow my effing field anytime is what, and that was so the good. first limo entrance. This is interesting trivia. That was the first limo entrance. That wasn't just a bland, like, nice to meet you. I'll see you inside. She did the first and now limo entrances are crazy. People like skydive in and wear chicken suits. And like, it's like a whole thing. She was, trying to make it one, up. Yeah. she was the first one who like branded her, her limo entrance. She had a bachelor. She had her eye on the crown from, from which, the start. and if you listen to any of her stuff, cause she's kind of became a celebrity in her own right. I feel like she has her podcast. She's now doing bachelor hosting stuff. Um, but she's made her own like wine, like she has a wine um, label and she does scrunchies and she won Dance, she did with, Dance the with the Stars. And so she's in her own right, like done her stuff. Um, but I feel like it's like this trajectory as like people have called out The Bachelor. They've done like very performative efforts to like be better. I don't really think it's better. I just think they're trying to handle criticism well. And so I always say like the trajectory is you had Caitlin Bristow who had to really go through it. Like she talks about the shame she got from things, which to help you, Elena, who doesn't understand, Caitlin really got it because one, she said that um, and all the like Midwestern mamas were like, <gasps> um, but then when she became the bachelorette, which they also screwed her over because they did two bachelorettes that season and made the guys pick which one they wanted. Mm -hmm. And they've never done that to any of the guys. That was also an issue, but like on, at the beginning, they yeah. made them choose. Yeah. And she didn't get, she did get it, Oh, but she was like hated that it was like girl against girl, like that they pitted them against each other like that, which is the whole premise of yeah. bachelor, but okay. Um, but to elite, like they'd never done that. Not the bachelorette. Before. It's different. The bachelorette, the woman has the power. Um, but then on her How season, the producers. she got shame because she didn't follow like the sex timeline that The Bachelor approves of because oh. you it's OK. They're OK if people don't wait until marriage, but you have to wait until the fantasy suite. Fantasy. Oh, I was going to ask because you'd mentioned Kelly, you'd mentioned fantasy suite earlier. And I was like, we'll get to it at some point. Yeah. Explaining <laughs> fantasy suite. So they start out with like 20 to 30 people 
and they cut down over weeks. And then on like the seventh or eighth week, they do hometowns, which is top four. And the bachelor, bachelor. Oh my goes, gosh, fantasy suites not until like the end. The end. So they go to each of their hometowns and meet their parents. And it gets awkward because usually they're like, Are you okay if I marry your daughter? And the dad's always like, I don't know. Are you actually gonna marry her? You're gonna marry some other girl. So it's always awkward. And then after that, the top three get fantasy suites where the cameras are turned off for the night and they have private time to use however they want. Mm -hmm. So past bachelor and bachelorettes have came out and talked about whether they had had sex or not, which I don't think they need to tell us because it's not our business. Um, But Caitlin got bashed on her season because essentially during a date with a guy, Nick, um, they, they, they drank and went back to their hotel room and had sex. But and she openly on. talked about it. But it she was, like was halfway when she through, was the, but it was before fantasy. Suites. And this was when she was the bachelorette. Yes. So people I'm impressed thought, they all remember these names. They are all like oh, so basic. Listen. Because all white people. They're all white people. <laughs> so she like went through the ringer, like extreme death threats. Like after that, the reunion, people were like, and she's like, I had sex people. Like you're okay with me doing it here, but I couldn't do it here two weeks earlier or something did the producers tell her to do it the bachelor even held her at arm's length for a while because they wouldn't let her oh man you know what we can't talk about rape culture in the bachelor without talking about mike flies can we yeah he's a domestic abuser like on camera like the creator of the show creator of the show he's never one guy in charge but mike flies i guess had beef with caitlin because she spoiled her season and would not oh yeah with like on in like a snapchat picture she put a snapchat picture of her in the winter up before the season was over and he flipped out on her and so he wouldn't let her go on dancing with the stars but this is so perfect for like this rape culture conversation nick vial who was the one she slept with was the next bachelor so and he then, got rewarded right for them having sex and she got kind of blackballed a little bit for a while they've they've welcomed her back in they've you know she's the host now she eventually did get dancing with the stars but it took um a long time she she was done dirty by that so that's kind of like the like i don't know it makes me think of like justin timberlake janet jackson super bowl type of situation right where his like career i mean that like launched it right like next level you know, his album sold really well, you know, blah, blah, blah. But she, yeah, was. The only difference is Nick Vial will call it out. I'm not the biggest fan of him, but he's at least better than Justin Timberlake at calling out the discrepancies. About it. Yeah. Oh, he is such a producer, darling. He is so far up Bachelor production. He loves, he's obsessed. He would do anything for. For his limelight. He's a good old boy. And that's what's interesting too. Like he. He will like, when people come out and they say, I was treated poorly by production. I'm traumatized by my experience on The Bachelor. Nick Vial will be like, well, you, I was in the final four. You were gone two weeks in. So what do you know? He like really discredits people's uh, Bachelor trauma. I think an interesting, so I didn't start watching The Bachelor until Ben Higgins season. That was my first 
season and I really liked it because I prefer bachelor to the bachelorette because I like the, the women energy. I mm-hmm. like, I, I hate a cast of men. They're just, they're boring. It's a lot of aggression. Yeah. And they, there's much more conflict, but like for a while, all of the women in the house would like braid each other's hair and like they share clothes and I don't know. I, I just, I like, I like slumber party energy. That's my, my thing, but I started working at ampersand when it was bluegrass rape crisis center around the time of the Corinne DeMario paradise, um, situation where what happened was, um, I think it was the first, it was like really early after they Mm -hmm. started filming like first or second night. And both in DeMario and Corinne were both very, very drunk and producers essentially stone cold sober producers like filmed them hooking up when they were allowed it didn't stop anything yeah and they're both wasted probably both too wasted to consent and then the next day a producer claims that demario assaulted corinne and it was a huge thing they shut down filming sent everyone home from mexico um basically ruined both of their lives and um, I was, I'll never forget this. I was, I think it was like the week that was all going on. And, you know, I'm deep in like the bachelor podcast. So I'm like getting all these takes and I was making a pamphlet explaining consent, like for work. And it made me think like how baked into our sex life rape is mm-hmm. that for a lot of people, like hearing people responses to the Corinne DeMario incident was like, that's not rape. Like she just regretted it. Um, a lot of people pointed out like DeMario was also wasted, also very drunk. Um, and it just made me realize like how normal non-consensual sex is in just our bedrooms. It's baked in. Mm-hmm. And I it feel was like, this- I feel like an important thing to say too is that she was a white woman and he was a black man. Oh. And two, Corinne had the season that she had been on previously. She was pretty sex positive. Um, like there was a point where like she got topless or something and like kind of had us like they kind of got slut shamed by Bachelor Nation. So she was already the type of person that they had already put up like doubt in her story of you know, oh, she'd be the type of person that would have done that. Now she's crying rape when technically she didn't even say it. You know, it was a producer that said it. And then afterwards she did say, well, now that this has been brought to light, like, yes, this, this was not consensual, but then that pushed DeMario as like this responsible party who did horrible things. And I feel like in all of it, the bachelor never really got the heat that it deserved because the heat only went to the contestants and they allowed it to be that way. Uh, the only thing that really came out of it is since then now they have like drink limits where yeah, they you can only have like alcohol. so many drinks per hour per whatever. Like you can have like one drink every two hours or something like that. And, if and they'll cut you off now, yeah, which they didn't before. So which they should they, have in the first place. So did they air this on the, they, no, so they, they did not air that they did air this really weird. This is Chris Harrison should have been gone so long ago. He is so bad at this job. They aired like a really weird conversation where Chris Harrison comes out and like gives is oh god talk about performative Bachelor Nation like he comes out and everyone like consents to stay like it was like this like 
everyone went around and was like, yes, I consent to stay. I consent to stay. And then they talked about the alcohol rules and that was really it. There, it could have been a good discussion. Yeah. But, but you know, like it, I mean, I, I just think about, cause I've also been in the position of trying to like explain consent, right? Like on a pamphlet, on like a handout, like trying to uh, really explain to people what this looks like in a simple, understandable way. And it is hard, you know, like it is, It on one hand it's not, right? Um, it's not difficult to explain and to understand, but because of our culture, because of how we, um, like how you said, yeah, that sexual assault is so just basically ingrained in our understanding of sex, um, especially like heteronormative sex, right? Um, that, yeah, like it's like, un, you have to like undo all of that. You really do. Well, and I guess that's my point is like the bachelor can't have those conversations because the bachelor environment is not consensual. And I think that's the dichotomy that I've been struggling with as a viewer, as somebody who like, it's like the antithesis well, of what their whole setup is. And and it's interesting because now that they've gone under fire, they're doing very performative things. I think the yeah. reason that Katie is the bachelorette is performative. I'm glad for it. I freaking love her. So she came she out. To? No, but she came out. So Tasha was the bachelorette before her. She was black or biracial at least. Oh, okay. Um, Tasha and Caitlin are the hosts now ever since the Chris Harrison. Okay. Okay. So Katie was on Matt James season, who we talked about. He ended up with the racist girl. Um, Katie was on his season. And then didn't choose her right after all this stuff came out. He's like, or broke up with her. He chose her, but then broke up with her. But now they're back together. together. After the controversy died down, he let it die down. I will say that this is what's interesting about that whole controversy is that she handled it much better than Chris Harrison. She came out. I mean, you can grow for, I do think people, I mean. She went to a, she went to a, um, like a antebellum party and call it. And she came out and she told her, her Instagram followers, she was like, y'all need to stop defending me. If you care about me, you need to stop defending me. What I did was wrong. And Chris Harrison, a grown man, went on extra and was like, is what she did really wrong? It Isn't was 2014. Oh, yeah. She didn't know. Yeah, right. And which, I mean, I also, so I say, I do think people can have accountability, but I also acknowledge that for some folks, there is no doing better. And I think that's fine too. Um, you know, when we talk about canceling and yeah. stuff, I think, I, I do think that's valid. But um, okay. Yeah. So, Matt? That's so Matt okay. was the bachelor. Yeah. And so Katie came on his season. This was during quarantine. She brought her vibrator. Okay. This is Katie. Um, okay, and it. brought it out and was pretty she much like, this is what one. got me through quarantine. Ha ha ha. He handled it so great. Like was not and embarrassed. That like, was great. She like cling, cling, cling yeah. with it on a glass. Like do she it kept coat. touching people. Like, is it, me. is it all and blurred like, out too on yeah. TV? I feel like it was like a box over it. Like a, yeah. a something you, you couldn't see, tell like, exactly what it was. Full glittery handle. And then it was just like a blurry box. Um, so she, like, she took the joke and ran, like, hardcore ran. So Katie, uh, throughout the season kind of became the voice of reason slightly. Um, and I don't know if she got a good edit or if this is really her, but she's kind of big on TikTok. And I feel like she's very openly herself. So it seems pretty genuine. Um, but normally that type of person, a lot of the things they say and do would get edited out. And since they're being better about at least showing that they're moving on. They kept her stuff in. When there was, Matt season was horrible for the bullying. The sleepover that Kelly was talking about didn't happen. Um, there was a sleepover of like the mean girl aesthetic almost instead. There was a lot of shame. There was a lot 
um, of rumors and mean, it was just horrible. It was so hard to watch of just girl on girl attacks. And Katie was kind of the one to like call a lot of it out, let the bachelor know like, Hey, like you're going to have a crisis on your hands because this is happening. And there's like mental health issues at stake because of this. Um, there were like rumors about someone being a sex worker and it was, it was the worst season of the bachelor I've ever seen. It was so bad. And how they handled the sex work thing as if it was like the most shameful thing in the world that someone could be a sex worker. Uh, which obviously you don't want a rumor that's not true about you spreading. So I'm not upset at the girl about the rumor, but like how the bachelor handled it. Like, were they calling her a sex worker? They were saying she, um, entertained older men, like a sugar baby, almost sugar baby. Or they were using. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm cause I know, like we know the correct terms. Sorry. So that's why I'm curious. I didn't think like they were calling her like a prostitute. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and she was like, my parents watched this show and stuff. And, and so it was like hard. Cause not only did they shame sex work, but then they made up that there was like this huge rumor about someone apparently doing these things. So do you think the producers like fed that? Like the producers are the ones Here's that the thing. they didn't have to show it. Yeah. Like they could have just edited it out. They didn't have to show that on television. They're saying, you know, oh, it's going to ruin this woman's life. And then they really like the, the woman who started the rumors got villainized like and kind of attacked when it's like you could have just not shown, shown that part like that yeah you important. could have just and that's where I keep coming back to like it's so interesting to think about rape culture and the bachelor because the bachelor franchise like when you there okay there are seasons that you can't even find um the podcast I keep referencing game of roses they had a, a kind of a super fan. <laughs> they call her the dark seeker now, um, who found, finally found, they call them the dark seasons. It's seasons like two through seven or something that the bachelor has like hidden away. She found them at a library in Australia or something like that. <laughs> and so they could, cause they're writing a book about like how to win the bachelor. So they like, we're telling everyone we need, we can't find these seasons anywhere. They were like reaching out to old contestants the things on those seasons are so messed up. They it's all about like close-ups on women's implants, like mm. judgments on bodies. Like there are full seasons of this show that have been like put in a vault because the history of the show is so gross. And that woman came out talking about how on Bachelor Pad she still has nightmares because they had all of the guys. Bachelor Pad was kind of like paradise a little bit and they had all the women line up and all of the men and the women face their backs to the men and the men threw eggs at the girl they thought was ugliest this is like an activity on the show that adults were like yeah this is what adults were doing it adults were filming it adults edited and they're probably all adult men too or at least and so definitely white adult men and so when i think about it just, it has me think, and I, and I like to think about labor issues a lot too. And I think I, I just keep equating it to like college basketball or something like these people aren't getting paid. They're, they're really, I mean, and a lot of these people aren't doing it for love, right? They're doing it for like influencer status. So there's just this, when we think about power 
and the bachelor, I just, I get really confused and I don't know um, how consensual of an environment it is from the start. They have violent, they have forced violence dates. Like every season they have forced nudity dates every season. And like, and then they make it seem so, okay. I'll explain that a little bit. They always, (laughs) anytime, and they do it with boy, with the like bachelor and bachelorette, like this season, Katie thankfully ended it quickly, which I'm like, does the lead have the power? I always wonder this to say no to these dates, which I doubt they do because the, the lead doesn't come up with the dates the producers do. Right. Um, and so I always wonder, they always have an aggressive, and usually with the women, it becomes like aggressive, sexy. Like they had like mud wrestling or pillow fights or something, you know, archaic. They've literally like, done both of those. Yeah. Like I'm not those aren't just those And they aren't put them in like outfits for it. So this recent one, like. Oh, and they have the contestants fight each other. And then they give them the thing of if you win. So they'll put like 12 guys together and they split up them into teams. The team that wins gets to continue to date. The other team has to go home. So if you want to get more time with the bachelorette, you have to do well. Uh, So like this season, Katie's thing, they played football or rugby or something like it was was some kind of like weird mesh game. Yeah. It was like part rugby, part football, part wrestling. It was was, so they were wearing like wrestling. All those are basically part each other. And they were wearing like wrestling outfits. So these guys were already on display and one guy like talked about he's like no helmet no nothing no pads and he's like I have a dad bod like I feel awkward but I'm just gonna rock it and like you could tell he felt so uncomfortable being in the outfit which I'm glad they shared like they put that in because I feel like normally they wouldn't um like show like men feeling like show him feeling this way um and then they literally had them all just attack each other, which a lot of the men that come on the show are like personal trainers, ex-football players. They're, they're guys who could do some damage to each other. Um, and they were, t- and, and the guy in question, who's like, I have a dad bod, also the cutest thing in the world. He's like, oh God, I can't and even he's a fan favorite. He's a widow. He's a dad. He's so sweet. His wife had passed away from cancer. He has a young son. He's so openly himself. Um, he like cries in front of the other guys, like a very good role model of a non-toxic man Except in our society. He left his kid at home for how long to be on the show? Well, he, you know, he had to do something for himself for the first time. Some self-care. He's been married for a long time. That always gets bad me. about Michael A. That always gets me, though. When people are like, I'm doing this for my family. And it's like, the you preview you needed to leave your family? I think that's or? a personal preference. How long? It's the like previews, The previews are making it look like he goes home for his kids soon, so. Yeah. Um, he's too good for the bachelor in general. Uh, he is getting an edit that he may be the next bachelor. So we may see him again. And sometimes they let them bring their kids if they do like oh. along with them. Just anyway. that kid can skip kindergarten. Yeah. That kid can... Um, do virtual kindergarten. But yeah, he got hurt and Katie ended the date, but there's a lot of times where like, you'll oh, have the cute guy got hurt. Yeah. Cute guy got hurt. And, and she's like, we're done. I'm not doing this. I'm not watching this anymore. Like, hurt. Like yeah. it was like y'all, you see his back like arch in a very like, awkward way, like hurt. And it's happened multiple times. Where, like people have like broken their hand or like cut their face open. And like sometimes the bachelor bachelorettes are like, I want my person to be aggressive for me and like encourages it more. Or like they've done like nude photo shoots. And if a girl's like, this makes me feel really uncomfortable, they're like, 
well, if they're not going to do this for me, then they obviously don't care about me. What the f it's really weird. They're like, they, weird and they do, they do fear, fear factor dates too. Where like there, I've, uh, Hannah Brown, didn't she drink like un, <laughs> un, uh, pasteurized goat milk and like, like that hiking date. Yeah. There'll be like women, like sticking their hands in like boxes of spiders to pull out plastic weddingry. It is, it is. It is a sport. Was Fear Factor a uh, ABC show too? I don't know, but I love Fear Factor. Don't worry. The conversation doesn't stop there. Join us next week as we finish our conversation with Kelly about rape culture in The Bachelorette, as well as other reality television. So keep an eye out for part two dropping next week. And remember, we're still not asking for it. This podcast has been brought to you by Hope Harbor, a sexual trauma recovery center located in South Central Kentucky. Special thanks to Girl Tones for our intro. Listen to the rest of their song, Can't Pause, and others wherever you stream or buy music. <laughs>